Um, when it comes to dealing with the anxiety that we're experiencing or just in general reducing the anxiety that we're experiencing, we need to approach this from two sides or from two aspects. And the first one is the frequency of the attacks that you're experiencing. And reducing this is what we mainly talked about in our previous episode about the well-being habits and the main one we talked about was mindfulness. These well-being habits help us deal with the frequency of the attacks. They help us cultivate that general sense of calm and easiness, which has a domino effect of elevating your feeling space and then in turn reducing the frequency of the attacks. And these are practices that we do daily. These are practices that we do every day and just sort of incorporate them in our daily routines to just generate that sense of ease and calm. But even with an elevated feeling space, even having cultivated that sense of ease and calm, even with these habits in place, we have not yet fully dealt with anxiety. We are not yet fully dealt with the issue. We have not yet finished baking the cake, so to speak, because there is one more side you can approach it from and there is one more aspect that you need to look at. So you see, um, this general well-being habits, it deals with the frequency of the attacks. It deal, deals with how often you're experiencing this. And it gives you this long streak of days of calm and ease and no anxiety. But how do we deal with the actual experience of the anxiety? How do we deal with the actual anxiety attack in the midst of the panic in the midst of the anxiety how do we handle it and this is where the second approach or the second aspect of the anxiety comes in and this is what i would call the power or the grasp the anxiety has over you you see one once we are experiencing once you are experiencing an anxiety attack it is very 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 difficult to snap out of it it is easy on a daily, it's very easy like on your daily routine to maintain a sense of ease and calm when there is nothing really triggering you. But when something triggers you and catches you off guard and you just, you're just thrown off balance and you get caught up in that chaos of the mind racing and being in a state of panic and being in that state of that surge of panic and fear and that surge of an overwhelm of emotions, it tends to carry you away into this chaos. It tends to overwhelm you, take over you completely and engulf you. So it becomes really difficult to snap out of it. And the more you try to fight it, the more you try to control the anxiety that you're experiencing. It's like the more you resist it, it persists. And it leaves you, it leaves one with that feeling of powerlessness and hopelessness. I mean helplessness. Because there's really nothing you can do about it. You can't really snap yourself out of it. And it's like it has this certain grasp over you. And this is what I mean by the grasp of the power of the attack. What do you actually do in the midst of the attack? And that is what we are looking at today. We're looking at how to reduce the power or the grasp the attack has over you. We're looking at how to deal with the actual experience of anxiety in the midst of the anxiety. Hello guys, this is T.R. Simbogwa and welcome back to another episode. This is the final chunk of the Dealing with Anxiety mini-series and we are picking up from exactly where we left off. So let's jump back in. 
when I started practicing the well-being habits that we talked about, and mostly when I started incorporating mindfulness, it really improved my mental space. It really elevated my feeling space. And I developed this, I had this better relationship with myself, a better relationship with my mind and my thoughts. And this in turn highly reduced the frequency of the attacks that I was experiencing. I, I had no anxiety attacks for like a long ass period of time. And at this point, I thought I was done with that phase of my life. I thought I had completely surpassed that experience of anxiety and I felt great. I felt like I was at the top of my growth journey. But one day, I had a long, I had a really long day that I just felt like I was being triggered left and right. And you're just me constantly trying to pull myself together. And as I came, when I came home, I was really mentally exhausted and I just wanted to go and rest. But when I got home, something was not right at home. At this point, I can't even remember what it was because this was like, I think, a few, two years back or a year back. But something wasn't right and it really bothered me. And it, this is what knocked me off balance. This is what knocked me off the wagon of easiness and zenness. And I remember starting to feel my mind racing and starting to hyperventilate, breathing rapidly and my heart racing and feeling that sense and surge of panic and nervousness and feeling tense. And all the zenness and the isness that I had been practicing were thrown out of the window and I had an attack. But this time, the anxiety attack was different. It was stronger. It was really strong and overwhelming because I had a lot of resistance to it. I kept trying, I was trying to fight it so bad because I was not understanding how is this still happening. I kept asking myself, I thought we were done with this phase of our lives. I thought all that we were practicing was working. How is this still happening? We are not going to go back to that phase. Are, this is not going to happen. And I remember trying to catch my breath and trying to fight it so bad and resist it. But that is not how it works. The more you try to grasp control of an anxiety attack, the more power it has over you and the more it persists. So I remember being in my room and feeling so much emotional charge and chaotic state of mind within me and I didn't know what to do. And I remember being in my room and sitting to the floor. I remember curling myself up and bringing my hands around my knees with my knees next to my chest, curled up to my chest. And I was rocking there slowly trying to get out of it, wondering what to do, wondering how is this still happening. And it felt like a tug of war. A tug of war between me and the anxiety. A tug of war between me resisting it and it trying to completely take over. But it was a tug of war that I wasn't winning at all. I had not experienced an anxiety attack to this intensity. And I think what made it worse was the fighting. And at some point, I just, I gave up. I gave up. I felt, I felt like I couldn't do it. I felt like I had failed in everything I was practicing. I felt like everything I was doing 
all this time cultivating a sense of mindful awareness, it was out of the window. So I remember lying on the ground in the fetal position that is lying on my side, curling my knees up to my chest. And I remember just crying as silently as I could, feeling terrible, feeling deeply, deeply alone, feeling like I had failed myself, like I had failed trying to grasp control of it, feeling like I, I was doomed to live with this for, for the rest of my life. I couldn't do it. So not knowing what to do, I just curled myself a bit further, bringing my knees a bit closer to my chest. And I just lay there, completely powerless, completely helpless. And I just gave in to it. There's nothing I could do at this moment, or it felt like there's nothing I could do. Being in a very light material piece of cloth, I think I was in, a, in my nightdress. I started feeling cold. There were patches of my skin that were exposed to the floor. And there was a very huge temperature difference between my skin and the tiles. And I could feel the cold entering my body. And this made me to shiver and hyperventilate even more than I already was. And my heart started to beat even more rapidly and harder. And I could literally feel my heart throbbing through my chest and through the ground. And with one ear to the ground, my left ear specifically, I was lying on my left side. I could hear this throb through the floor. A throb that was the same rhythm as my heartbeat. And this sound intrigued me in that moment. I remember being curious about it because now I noticed that I could hear my own heart beat through the floor because my heart was really, really beating really hard and fast. And having practiced mindfulness for some time, I had an idea of how to shift and focus my attention on something. And so I started focusing on my heart beat through the floor. I started focusing on the sound of that throb through the cement and through the tiles. That throb that was the same rhythm as my heartbeat. Then I started focusing on the cold that I was feeling in my body of how it felt like and what specific areas I was feeling cold. And as I lay there and listened to my own heartbeat through the floor, the anxiety simmered down. At first, I didn't even realize it because I shifted all my focus onto the sound of my heartbeat. It was really intriguing for me at that time. So I just lay there and listened to it a bit more and a bit more. Just focusing on it and focusing on everything I was feeling in my body. And especially my heartbeat beating against the ground and the sound of it through the floor. And as I lay there and listened to it, I, 
I told myself a cheesy phrase of, if I can still hear my heartbeat, if my heart is still beating, then I am going to be okay. I'm going to be fine. And that moment stuck with me, laying there, listening to my heartbeat, noticing the state of anxiety simmering down. It felt like a very significant moment. You know those moments that just stick in your mind. Because I had tried so hard to fight and control the anxiety, but somehow just shifting my attention and my focus caused it to simmer down. That is how I learned. That is how I sort of figured it out. That it was all about shifting the attention. It was all about shifting my awareness from the chaos of the mind into something else. And so as I lay there on that floor, on that cold floor, that is how and that is when I realized that there is a difference between the frequency of the attacks and the power of the grasp of the attack. The realization of this, that is the power of the attack and, the re- and how to deal with it, and basically just realizing and figuring out what to do in the midst of an attack, it all happened in a more of a coincidental sense or by accident, so to speak, because it was not really my plan to end up having such a really overwhelming attack and end up on the floor listening to my own heartbeat. It just sort of happened by accident. but. There is a great sage in one of my favorite animations, Kung Fu Panda, and his name is Master Ugwe. And one of the quotes of Master Ugwe is that there are no accidents. So maybe it was not by accident, maybe it was not coincidental. It did not just happen. Because from that moment on, I started practicing it intentionally. I realized that what I needed to do was to shift my attention in the midst of the attack. And so I started doing this intentionally whenever I experienced an anxiety attack. And that is what I want us to dive deeper into today. How to reduce the grasp and the power of the attack by shifting our attention and understanding how and why it works. But before we can do this, we first need to understand why it has this much power over us. Why is it this difficult to snap out of it? Because if you have experienced an anxiety attack, in the midst of it, it is really, really difficult to snap out of it. It's like this wave of emotion that swerves you around and carries you with it. It has a certain pull over you. It has a certain grasp over you. So why does it have this pull? Why this grasp? Why is this much power over us? The reason for this is something we have mentioned before. That is the identification with the mind. The illusion that we are our minds and we are our thoughts. Because we get so caught up in our minds because of this illusion, this identification with the minds. We get so caught up that even in our normal state, we are very, very much caught up in our minds. We are still in our minds and in our thoughts and it's like a back and forth between us and our thoughts. Now imagine The degree to how caught up we are in our thoughts in a normal state of mind. Now imagine what happens whilst in a chaotic state. When the mind starts to spiral, when the thoughts start racing, what will happen is you're still identified with it. You will get caught up in that spiral of negativity, in that spiral of anxiousness and panic. 
you'll get caught up in that spiral of those thoughts and you will get stuck in the chaos and the craze. And this identification with your mind enables the surge of panic whilst you're having an attack even more. It enables that surge of panic even more. And this is something I talked about in the previous episode on mindfulness, on how we are identified with our minds, on how we have this illusion that we are our minds and we are our thoughts. So how we snap out of it, because now we know why it has this much power, it's because of how caught up we are in our heads and how identified we are with our minds. So how we snap out of it is by getting out of the mind. It's detaching that identification with the mind, realizing we are not our minds, we are not our thoughts. That is where it starts. But how we snap out of it is by getting out of the mind. And how we do this is by shifting attention from the mind. Shifting attention from the mind and bringing our attention, our awareness to what is immediately in front of us. The whole idea here is to sort of distract the mind from the craze and the chaos. And with that in place and with that understanding, we can now see why do we need to shift our attention? Why do we need to distract our minds? Because all this roots from the mind. In our previous episode, I think the last two episodes on this mini-series of dealing with anxiety, there is a statement I kept saying and I have said it and I will say it again here. When you are having an anxiety attack, when you're in the midst of experiencing an anxiety attack, that surge of panic that you feel, that sense of tension, nervousness, anxiety, that hyperventilation and your heart racing, like there is danger in front of you, whilst there is no apparent danger in your physical reality. This shows us that that panic, that fear, that sense of fear that you feel, that nervousness, all this is rooting from the mind. Because even as I gave that story of how I was experiencing that overwhelming attack, as I sat on that floor with my knees curled up to my chest, as I rocked back and forth in a state of pure panic and anxiety, hyperventilating and my heart racing, there was no danger in my physical reality. Then where was all this coming from? Where was all this rapid heartbeat hyperventilation, this sense of nervousness, feeling tense, this surge of panic and fear? Where was it all coming from if there was no apparent danger in my physical reality? It all comes from the mind. It all roots from the mind. And that is why we need to distract ourselves from the mind. We need to distract ourselves from the craze and the chaos of the mind. We need to get out of the mind, so to speak. <laughs> and now, with that in place, we can now enter into how does it actually work. We've said here we are diving deeper into grasping how to reduce the grasp of the, and the power of the attack by shifting our attention and also understanding how and why it works. So let's go into how does this work, this distracting our mind, how does it really work. So how it works is by bringing our awareness and our attention back into our immediate reality. With time, I have come to understand and I have realized that anxiety is just but a form of resistance. And this is resistance to what is, resistance to the here and now. And this resistance appears in two ways. One you focusing on the past, something that happened in the past, and building more stories around this thing, 
and then resisting that, resisting something that already happened. And the second way in how this resistance appears is by you mentally jumping into the future or projecting into the future. Those thoughts of what if thoughts, what if it goes like this, what if this doesn't go right, speculations, you know. And this sort of creates um, an anxiety gap in your mind and you go into that state of anxiety. So it's basically resistance to what is here and what is now. And that is why distracting the mind works because it brings now your awareness and your attention back to your immediate reality. It sort of, and bringing you back to your immediate reality dissolves the resistance. So the next time that you experience an anxiety attack, remember to ask yourself, what is it that you are resisting and how do you bring yourself back? I will explain how we do this, how we distract the mind by giving you a story or an example. Right around the time I was, um, right around the time I had learned how to deal with the state of anxiety in the midst of it, when I was actually getting better at dealing with it, I had a cousin. I, I still have the cousin. I have, <laughs> I have a cousin who at the, t at the time was also experiencing like a rampage of anxiety, a lot of it. And he came to me about it. And I told him that the next time he's having an attack, he should call me up and we will talk. But obviously he did not call me because once you're in a state of anxiety, it's a very vulnerable space for someone. So it's hard to like entrust someone and, you know, call someone. But I kept insisting and finally one time I got a random call and he calls me up in a state of panic and he tells me that he is having anxiety and that his anxiety is very bad one. He was very identified with it. I don't know if he still is. Are you still identified with it if you're listening to this? Anyway, <laughs> um, he told me that his anxiety or the anxiety he was experiencing was really bad. And so I just started asking him random questions. And I think he didn't know what I was going to, but he just I just told him, just listen to me and answer everything I ask you. And the first question was, are you in the house or are you outside? He tells me he's in the house. I tell him, go outside. And the minute you step outside the door, you tell me. So I can hear him, I can hear some movements and he gets out. And I tell him, are you outside? He says, yes. Is it sunny? Is it cold? Is it warm? He tells me, it's sunny. Can you feel the shift in temperature from the shift in temperature when once you are outside and now this makes him to focus on his senses and he tells me yes i ask him where can you feel the warmth of the sun and again forces him to focus on his senses and he tells me the specific places he can feel the warmth i ask him to tell me any sounds that he can hear around him to name five things he can hear around him and to start with the closest sound he can hear and the farthest that he can hear, the most subtle and the most dom dominant. And he starts mentioning, and he keeps quiet for like a split second, and then he starts saying, I can hear chicken somewhere, I can hear kids playing from a distance, I can hear. And what he's doing now is focusing on his sense of hearing. And so I tell him to, uh, to give me five different sounds, and he gives me five different sounds he can hear. I tell him to focus and tell me which is the most, which is the loudest, which is the most subtle. And he explains this to me. I ask him, are you in shorts or are you in trousers? He tells me I'm in shorts. Is there wind? He tells me, yes, where can you feel the wind? I want you to focus on your body anywhere you can feel the wind and mention it to me. If you can feel the wind passing through your clothes, your shirt, your shins, your calves, mention it to me. If you can feel it pass through your fingers, tell me. If you can feel, if you can hear the sound of the wind pass through your ears, tell me. 
And I ask him all these detailed questions about his physical sensations and his environment, if he can hear the sound of the wind ruffling through the leaves of the trees. And what I am doing now is bringing him back to his immediate reality. I am sort of prompting him to now shift his awareness and shift his attention back to his immediate reality by focusing on his senses, by focusing on um, the physical sensations that he has in his body. And we continue to do this. It's kind of a long call. And I tell him to go back into the house, take an ice cube and come back outside again. He goes into the freezer, takes an ice cube, holds it in his hands. And as he's outside, I tell him if he can feel the shift of temperature. And he tells me it's really cold. I want to release the ice cube. I'm like, no, I want you to hold the ice cube. Don't focus on how cold it is. Focus on the details. Can you feel it melt through your hand? Can you feel the water trickle through your fingers? And I explain to him the same way that ice cube is melting is the same way this anxiety is going to melt down. And we take a walk with him and I keep asking him these questions about his immediate reality and what he's perceiving through his senses and what the physical sensations that he's feeling in his body. And by, the, and by the time we were ending the call, we were on a completely different topic other than anxiety because it completely simmered down. He was able to come back to his immediate reality. And now having done this, now we were able to talk about what is it that triggered the anxiety. So you can see clearly that how we do this is basically what we talked about. How we distract our minds is basically what we talked about on our previous episode on mindfulness. Bringing our awareness back to our immediate reality is just basically practicing mindfulness. And that is why we began, I began with the episode on mindfulness before I did this one. Because you need a sense of, you need to cultivate that awareness of mindfulness. You need to cultivate that sense of mindfulness so that once you're in a chaotic state of mind, you kind of have an idea of what to do. In my story, when I was lying on the floor, I mentioned that I had practiced mindfulness for some time and I knew how to focus my awareness and my attention on certain physical sensations in my body. And that is what I started doing as I started feeling the temperature shift on different patches of my skin that were exposed to the tiles. That is what I started doing when I started focusing on that rhythm and that throb I could hear through the ground of my heartbeat. So that is why we started with the episode on mindfulness because you need you need to cultivate this sense of awareness and incorporate this in your daily routine. You need to know how to get out of your head whilst you're in a normal state of mind. Because it's easier to practice it in a normal and calm state of mind than to start practicing it when in a chaotic and anxious state of mind. So that's where the mindfulness aspect came in. So you've seen how we do this. Um, yeah, how we do this is just basically by incorporating these small things that we learned from mindfulness and now actually trying to practice them whilst in a chaotic state of mind. And why you need to incorporate this in your daily life is so that you just learn to, have, to get out of your head, to stop being so identified with your mind all the time. So that even when your mind is racing and spiraling, you know how to get out of it. So sometimes shifting the attention by yourself, it honestly calls for a lot. And it can be difficult because you get, it's like that pull and grasp, grasp it has over you. It really like swabs you in. You get pulled in into this hole and it's hard to get out of it. It's hard to shift the attention by yourself. So what I found to be very simple is prompting your own distractions. 
prompting your own distractions can be easy and this is the best way to how to do it is to prompt your own distractions and i'll give you a few examples of prompting your own distractions in that story as i asked him questions as i asked him questions of details to give me on his physical sensations and everything i was prompting the distractions for him how he prompted his own distractions was by calling me so you can have someone that you entrust that you can be vulnerable with that they can also listen to this and have an idea of how to guide you back to your immediate reality so whenever you experience an anxiety attack sorry whenever you experience an anxiety attack you just call them up and they help you bring yourself back Another way you can prompt your own distractions is listen to something guided. Like a guided Okay, I wanted to say a guided meditation, but I'm not sure if a meditation is the best thing to listen to when you're in a chaotic state of mind. But if it, that is something that works for you, just go for it. Listen to something guided. You can listen to those series of questions and that story that I just gave. You can listen to this when you're having anxiety so that you learn how to calm it down. Just find something that works for you. The best way to prompt a distraction is shifting temperature in your body. I don't know why that tends to work. So you can try a cold shower, not a warm shower, but a cold shower. The minute that cold water hits your body, your mind goes in a state of, "Oh my god, that is so cold. What is that?" Once you're in that it goes into that state of panicking, "Why is it so cold?" Now that is your window to come in and distract it even more and bring it back to your immediate reality. You start focusing on where you can feel the water trickle down your body. You start focusing on the sound of the water hitting your body or coming out of the shower or just other physical sensations that you feel while you're in that shower. So like taking a cold shower, that temperature shift really wakes your mind up. Also holding the ice cube in your hand, like how I explained to my cousin to do. When you hold an ice cube in your hand, it will be really cold and the first thing your mind will want to do is release the ice cube and let go of it. But the minute your mind goes into that shock of that temperature shift in your arm, do not focus on how it freak, freaks out about the cold sensation. Focus on what does the cold sensation actually feels like. Like be curious about how it feels like. like what are the details of that sensation how does it even feel how does it actually feel like be curious about it so holding an ice cube taking a cold shower calling someone you can get out of environment that you're in if you're indoors this forces you to now start focusing on other things get out of your environment get out of the house go out with the intention to actually focus on the things that you see in your physical environment so i think those are the main things i can share on how to actually distract it and how to actually distract yourself and the main idea here is to just bring you back to your immediate reality and just have the anxiety melt away like that ice cube that you you're holding in your hand have it melt away have it simmer down and even have it if even after <laughs> even after it has simmered down continue focusing on those physical sensations and continue focusing on your immediate raw reality so that you calm down completely and you you ground yourself once more and now once you have done this you need to acknowledge and also now address what is it that was triggered what is it that surfaced what is it that you are resisting acknowledge that you have experienced the anxiety attack what what makes resistance worse is resistance what makes anxiety worse is resisting it cause even in the story that i gave i experienced that attack after i had had a long streak of no attacks so how i resisted it is what 
how I resisted the resistance is what made it worse for me and made it even more powerful. So once it has simmered down completely, you need to acknowledge it. And then you now try to address what is it that has surfaced? What is it that I was resisting? Most of the time, these things, they direct us to what it is that we need to deal with. In that, in the second episode of this mini-series, we talked about how play, pain calm, how play, what is happening to my mouth? I think I've talked too much. Um, in the second episode of this mini-series, we talked about how pain can culminate in your body. And what you have not deal, dealt with can just build up within you. So when this happens, it shows that there is something that has surfaced and this will direct you to what you need to deal with. So do not resist the anxiety. Do not beat yourself about experiencing it. Just focus, do what we have said, distract your mind, bring yourself back to your immediate reality and now acknowledge it and try to address what is it that has surfaced and let it guide you to what it is that you still need to deal with. So as we wrap this up, let me give a final list or just a a short list of the things we can use or how we can prompt our own distractions. The first one I said is listening to something guided. It might be a guided meditation. It might be some apps have, um, um, what is it called? Some apps have segments where they call them emergency slots or something, where if you're experiencing anxiety, they have something guided for you to listen to, to bring you back. And one of those apps is an app called, I think, Medito. You can look for that one. So listen to something guided and find what works for you. You can even listen to those series of questions I was asking earlier. You can even listen to these. Whatever it is that works for you, just go for it. The other thing that I found to be really simple when it comes to prompting your own distractions is a temperature shift in the body. Whenever there's a temperature shift in the body, especially a cold one, the mind will always notice because it will like... It will, hmm, it will be distracted by the temperature shift, by the heat leaving the body. Because anytime something cold comes at your body, the first thing your mind will be like is, what is that cold thing? So that temperature shift can really be a good way to prompt your distraction. Because once your mind is distracted and, and it is wondering what is that cold thing, now that's your window to even focus on the cold sensation even more. To even focus on the temperature shift even more. The same way I did as I was lying on the floor. The minute I, I felt the cold temperature shift in my body. On the areas where my skin was exposed to the tiles. That's when I started focusing on these other things. So the temperature shifts you can one. Take a cold shower like we explained earlier. You can lie on a cold floor like I did. Although I was not intentionally lying on the floor, but you can intentionally do this so that you feel where the cold enters your body. And then you focus on the sensation of how does it actually feel like. The other thing is holding something cold in your arms. One in your hands. One, you can hold an ice cube. This one will really, really distract your mind because your mind will go into a panic state of what is that that is really cold? I want to let it go. But you hold it a bit more firm. And you focus on the sensation of that coldness in your hand. If you do not have an ice cube or you're somewhere in public, you can hold a cold drink in your arm or just anything that you can find that is cold that will have that significant temperature shift. And then you intentionally focus on the sensation of heat leaving your body and that coldness in your arm. The other way is you can go outside. 
or change the environment that you're in. And as you do this, you do this intentionally with now trying to be aware of your new environment. I found going outside to be really nice because you can find so many things to focus on, like the warmth of the sun. If it's cold, if it's raining, you can focus on the sensation of the rain drops on your skin. You can focus on wind if it's windy. There are so many things to focus on outside. So going outside can really work. And the final thing is have some affirmations or reminders that you can repeat to yourself whenever you find yourself going into a state of anxiety. Reminders like everything is okay, things are going to be fine. Just something that works for you and grounds you when you're in a normal state of mind and something that you know that is true. Because once you're in a state of anxiety or in that state of resistance, it just overthinks on things that are not really there or are not really real. So find affirmations that work for you, mantras, and these are things that you can repeat to yourself whilst you're in the midst of anxiety to bring yourself back and to kind of help you simmer, to kind of help the state to simmer down and melt away. And I think that those are the main things in how you can prompt your own distractions. They're not a final list of things, just things I found that worked for me. If you find things that work for you, the whole idea is just prompting a distraction for your mind. That's the whole idea. So that's about it when it comes to reducing the grasp and the power the anxiety has over us and how to deal with the anxiety in the midst of it. And remember, the only way you can learn to do this is by actually doing it. So the next me, the next moment you actually experience an anxiety attack, do not be in resistance of it. Take it as an opportunity for you to actually learn how to do this, to do this and to practice it. The only way you will get better is by actually doing it. The only way you will learn to deal with anxiety in the midst of it is by actually being in the midst of the experience itself. And um, with time, your sense as you continue to also incorporate those aspects of mindfulness with, and as you continue to practice this in the midst of anxiety, when you, when you start to actually become more intentional when you're experiencing anxiety, your sense of awareness will grow. And your sense of focus will also grow over time. You will learn how to easily shift your attention. You will learn what really works for you. And you learn how to focus your attention on something specific. And as this happens, the anxiety you'll be experiencing will be really mild and less frequent. And you'll get to a point where you'll actually be able to see it even before it comes. This will enable you to catch it, to observe and respond to it before it actually consumes you. So don't be too hard with yourself the next time you experience an anxiety attack. Don't let your mind go into that state of, I have already learned how to do this, how am I still experiencing this? Your mind will trick you. Just be aware of it. It's, it's Be easier with yourself. It is your chance to actually do this because how we learn is by doing it. So um, I think that is all for today, guys. Go and practice this. Give yourself kind attention. And with time, you will heal and you will dissolve your pain. Remember that anytime anxiety comes up, it is a form of resistance. So what is it that you are resisting? Ask yourself that. What is it that you are resisting? And also, whenever this comes up, it's also sometimes things that you have not dealt with are surfacing. So acknowledge the attack after it has happened, after it has simmered down. Now address what is it that triggered it? What is it that is surfacing? And what it is... What is it that 
it is directing you to deal with what is this thing you have not yet dealt with and this is how you dissolve your pain and this is how you heal over time and get to that better feeling space and you just you're able to easily deal with anxiety so be patient with yourself just know that this takes time if i continue talking at this point i think i will just try to blabber some quotes here and there because i think that's about it for today but give yourself kind attention and keep coming back to this awareness be stubborn with it your mind will be stubborn because you're identified with it it will be stubborn in trying to pull you back into that state of anxiety it will be stubborn to try to pull you back into that thought patterns of negativity but as adamant as your mind is being as stubborn as your mind is being in pulling you back be equally adamant be equally stubborn in bringing yourself back in giving yourself kind attention understanding that it takes time and coming back to this awareness again and again and again so keep going and keep growing and i will see you in the next episode and thank you so much for being with me throughout this journey of this dealing with anxiety mini series share this with everyone and anyone who might need it Let's help each other get to a better feeling space. Yeah? We start changing ourselves so that we change the world. So that's about it, guys. And I will see you in the next episode. Bye-bye. transforming their outer reality that is what drives me and that is what it is all about